Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. During the next hour, beloved mind scientist Parisha and her guests from around the world will read and discuss various best-selling books with well-known authors. Every show will apply retention techniques designed to help you to absorb powerful knowledge to effectively change your life. Join us every week for a thought-provoking hour and re-listen as often as you can. You will be delighted by what you learn and you will be excited by the results. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Here's Parisha. Welcome to Law of Attraction Network's Quantum Leap Book Club. I'm your host, Parisha, and my co-hosts today will be Steve Jones in Kingman, Arizona, Trina Cooper in Denver, Colorado, Rosemary Heyer in Germany, Geraldine Dalby Ball is joining us from Sydney, Australia, and Marianne Love is joining us from Melbourne, Australia. So today we'll actually be covering you know, the pages from 135 in Joe's book to 149. Okay, one of the couple of the things that we want to bring to your attention, if any, in case you don't have that information, Mary, I think you have some information on them for the upcoming events. Yes. Okay, on our website, if you go to uh, the Quantum Leap Book Club's website, you'll find that we're actually putting information helping you uh, become aware that Joe's doing a live streaming program from Mexico City with uh, Greg Braden and uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. So if you're interested in actually getting, and that's only a $50 workshop, I'm telling you, this is a giveaway, okay? You really want to get on this and you can sit right in the comfort of your own home and actually get to see and listen to what's going on. So please check our, our website, Mary, you say the website's got it. So Mary will be telling you some about that a little later, but definitely make a note that you do want to be on this live streaming program, okay? Some of the things that we're going to talk about today and what I want to explain with you, the first part of what we've read of this book has actually been cultivating our minds with the science that this is based on so that we actually have a functional conscious understanding of what's happening to us as we're doing probably some very familiar exercises in meditation and actually coming to understand. In fact, before our program and looking and talking amongst ourselves on things, our producer and one of our engineers here, actually Deb Adler, had shared that reading some of the material we're getting ready to cover tonight actually helped her understand a more depth information on something she was doing already doing, but actually helping it be in a greater impact and connection for her. And we hear this over and over through all of the social media that we get feedback from. So what we're going to be doing tonight with the co-host tonight, bringing you the material that we're covering, okay, is asking you at some point as our uh, co-hosts go into their part of presentations, okay, we're going to ask you to maybe participate in doing some of this with us. So any of you co-hosts has actually read what your presentation assignment is and realized there is an exercise or a doing that it's describing. So you may want to actually ask us to participate in doing this and instructing us how to do it with you. Okay. A lot of this, and, and these are the things we're getting on our, our emails and in our communications, people are saying that they're losing focus on it because it's getting into too much density of just information, science, and so forth, and they're looking for more what they call spiritual experience. Well, I think that you are getting that, 
okay? It's just that you're also getting the science that's behind that spiritual experience. And that once you have the science and the experience and the doing, you now have a good argument when the brain or the mind child, I call it, actually starts giving you a hard time about this not working for you or not benefiting you and this isn't what's good for you and it's good for somebody else or whatever those many insanities that we think through that actually at any point sabotage our progress. So when we're reading through the stuff that we're going, yeah, a lot of it's very strong language, a lot of in-depth science based to it. But open your mind, relax, and just let, you know, let, let their co-host and me actually talk you through some of it. Go back and read it if you haven't read it yet. But read it with a more open mind. That it's simply explaining to you the chemistry and the biological effects on you, okay, for you to actually know that this is why you felt like that, and here's a biological explanation of it. Then when the mind starts trying to tell you that it's not doing as much as you expected or whatever, you already have a rational position to hold with it by saying, but of course it still has this effect because it's doing that. Because right now some of you are already having the experience of this change and you're talking about wonderful things happening for you, but then you're also saying to me almost in the same paragraph that you're, you're feeling that it's too heady and you're not really getting, you're not really understanding, you're not getting it. Well, you will get it, okay? The, the whole thing is, is doing it's how you're going to get it. So each week when we're working with this, I tell you, this is, this is about the reading of it, but it's more important that now you take what little bit that we do each week instead of trying to read this whole book in a week, okay? That you take time to get the page and you sit down and you do what's written on the page. Participate with the reading, okay? So we're going to start out this week, and it's Geraldine that will actually start us on 135. And we're actually talking at this point how energy from the body enters the brain through the reticular activating system. Now, again, we're going to come to talking about some real heady information, but just relax. Listen, let our co-hosts walk you through this. Keep up with it on the pages, and at some point, maybe they'll even ask you to participate in a breathing exercise or a particular a position or something. We're just going. I'm letting each co-host decide themselves what they would like to actually involve themselves with you. But on 135, there is actually an image of the brain, and the various parts of the brain are actually there. Please take note where the pituitary gland is. Very important that you learn to locate that in your head. So you look at this. You learn where it's at on the drawing. Then you close your eyes and you go in and you put yourself into a place to where you realize you are placing your thoughts and your focus to where that pineal gland is at. Okay? Those kind of practices is what actually then begins to have you the greater reward of what this book can really do for you. So Geraldine, can are you there and can you take it from here? I certainly am and I'm really happy to start on page 135. And as we've just been talking about, we have a figure there, and that's a key place to start. So I'm just going to read the title. How energy from the body enters the brain through the reticular activating system. Now we'll clear up the meaning of that word as we look at the image. And I'm going to read underneath figure 5.14. While you look at the image, those of you who've got the book in front of you, um, follow as I read these words. As the thalmic gate opens up, a lot of the creative energy that was stored in the body passes through the reticular activating system 
to each thalamus and the pineal gland. Then that energy is relayed to the neocortex producing gamma brain waves. Now let's just go through that for a moment. On your figure 5.14, if you imagine the brainstem there, which is just above the 4 on the 5.14, energy is moving up from the body because you've breathed it up and it's going to come first to that little section, reticular formation, and that is part of that gateway. That's a section that constantly edits information from the brain to the body. So we're going to move into there. The next point it goes is the thalamus. And you can see on your picture where that is. It's quite close to the pineal gland. They call it the thalamic gateway because now we really are bringing the energy up through a gate where it moves from here into the midbrain and then from there into the high brain or what's also called the neocortex. And you can see that in terms of the flow and arrows moving out to the, the part of the neocortex there, which is your outer rim of the brain as it looks. And as it's shared in this page, once it gets there, what's happening is as soon, two things. As soon as it's reaching the thalamus, where we said is that thalamic gate, it also sends a whole lot of energy to the pineal gland. And we'll look at that more um, as we move through this chapter. But to that pineal gland, it starts energy there. The other thing that happens once it reaches the neocortex or the high brain is that the person doing this exercise produces um, higher levels of awareness, which is shown as gamma waves. So all of that is happening. And you know, all of that's just on this page. It's really quite wonderful. But as we've been saying, it's experiential. So as you do this, you can feel it. And that's a very, very key part of it. As we move over onto page 136, um, it again just tells you how what a big deal this is, and there's a, a key line here. You know, we'll talk about the pineal gland later in a later chapter, but for right now, know that what happens is like an orgasm in your head. This is a very powerful energy. Um, so that's just showing the level of what we're talking about, just through bringing that breath up and through the brain. And I'd like to uh, end this little section I'm covering by directing your attention to graphic 6B, number 4. And you'll see at the top of the page it says scans showing the area surrounding the pineal gland. Um, there are three images at the top with a blue arrow showing a bright red area. And I'm going to read the text just under that. The red area of the brain where the blue arrows are pointing in 6B4 is the region that surrounds the pineal gland as well as the region called the Brodmann Area 30, which is associated with strong emotions and the formation of new memories. And it goes on to say that what Joe's team has found during these exercises when they're measuring what happens in the brain, that students produce gamma brain waves. When students produce the gamma brain waves, that's the pattern that you see. So you can see that there's a significant amount of energy around what is known as the limbic brain, and that sits on either side of the thalamus. So we're looking here that okay. the area surrounding the pineal Geraldine. gland. Yes. Geraldine, okay, we need to let them know that you're talking from the pages, the inserts that's in the middle of the book that are on the shiny, glossy pages. Yes. Okay, so there is actually none of these graphics on 136 in your book that she's talking from. They're over into the midway of the book. You'll see that there's polished... Uh, pages, glossy, glossy pages, and she's on 6B and 6B5. 
Yes, and the okay. nearest yeah. um, book number pages are after 162 is where you'll find right. those glossy pages. Okay, go so ahead. So if you've got that, got that graphic, you'll see that what they're saying is a whole lot of energy surrounding the pineal gland. So what they're sharing is that the pineal gland has been activated by that process of pulling the energy up through the body, um, through the reticular system, through the thalamic gate, into the midbrain, into the higher brain, gamma waves created and the pineal gland activated, which is really a wonderful, astounding, yet so simple thing just through breath. And all I can say is, as in the introduction to today's call, it's through experiencing it that we'll, uh, you better get, you know, you get a better understanding of, of uh, what amazing, a lot of things happen in a seemingly simple process. And All right, that's the very good. Conclusion of that cover. You did very good. Thank you very much. I think that you really helped us get a, a, a real good picture on what you're talking about, what we're saying here. But I want to also cover that Joe makes mention here that there is the movement that we're talking about that actually is the stimulation. In, in the first paragraph of the page of 136, he says straight out, okay, this is a very powerful energy that has been called the movement of the Kundalini, okay. He says, I personally don't like to use that word because it may conjure up options or beliefs from a limited understanding of this energy that may discourage some people from doing the breath, okay. So, Many people who have been in these particular studies for a long time would recognize what we're talking about as the Kundalini. And maybe due to some religious or other perspective, faith that you carry, that would be a word that may become a block, okay? Mm -hmm. So he's talking about the energy that rises through the spinal cord, okay, as the Kundalini. All right. We're also going to be talking now, coming to this, because... Whenever you read everything that Joe is making his points on, he's telling you how important it is that you feel what's going on, that you become aware of the feeling and the emotion that you're experiencing, okay? And you really want to underline and make sure that that's, that's what you're doing, that you don't leave that out of your practice. You, you know, you want to stop and ask, am I feeling? What am I feeling? And actually know that you're experiencing the reality of what you're doing, Okay. And Rosemarie is going to actually talk to us now and share some reflection on embracing elevated emotions. Rosemarie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Uh, hello. Um, yes, as uh, uh, Parisha said, that we are now uh, looking into, he's explaining why we need to embrace elevated emotions. Elevated emotions are like gratitude, love, joy, abundance, uh, inspiration. And he said that we, uh, in the past now, in the uh, uh, pages before, we uh, understood how we pull the mind out of the body by uh, releasing the stored energy in our first three centers. And now he's going into clarifying why it is important to recondition the body to a new mind, which means embracing elevated emotions. And uh, the first thing is, uh, it is so important because it is not uh, the, the genes which create our environment, as we have usually learned uh, in uh, school or in science, which is talking like this today mostly, uh, it is the other way around. It is our emotions, which is the end product of any experience, which turn on the genes. 
So it's our inner experience, our emotions, which actually create a return on and off uh, of new genes and creating new proteins. So uh, when we embrace elevated emotions in this meditation, we're actually signaling our genes ahead of the environment. The body doesn't know any difference if they're between an emotion created by an experience, by a real experience, or an emotion which we internally embrace, which we internally have created and have an intention on. So when we have an elevated emotion, when we decide to experience an elevated emotions internally, we are actually uh, moving our body to change chemically, as we have learned, for the future, because it now thinks that the future is happening already. So if you do this meditation correctly enough times, the body responds as though the healing or anything else which you would like to experience in your environment, uh, he's already thinking that this is already happening. And uh, the elevated emotions have much higher and faster frequencies than emotions like guilt or fear or jealousy or anger. And when we have higher frequencies or when we change our frequency, which is actually carrying information, we also change our energy. And that carries new information and new in conscious, new intentions. And the more elevated emotions, the faster the frequency, the more we feel like energy instead of matter. The more we have a faster frequency, which is created by elevated emotions, the more we have our feeling like energy instead of matter. And that becomes available to create even more energy. And he's giving an example. So let's say in some point of your past, uh, uh, we had a shocked experience, we were betrayed or traumatized by an event, and that had a high emotional charge. And he's saying that this is in our biology now, and it's possible that it also stops genes to heal ourselves. So in order for us to change our body into a new gene genetic expression, the inner emotion you create has to be greater than the emotions from the past. So you actually have to put your energy into your elevated emotion in such a way that it goes beyond what you are regularly feeling in your body, what your body is regularly producing. The more profound the emotion is, he says, the, the more you're going to signal this gene to change the structure and function of your body. So he is also saying that they have actually proven that in their uh, workshops. Uh, in 2017, they were measuring the gene expression uh, of the part 20, 30 participants. And the result was that actually the participants changed eight genes over the course of the four-day workshop by changing their internal state, meaning by producing in their inner, inner, in their inner internally producing elevated emotion, producing internally another experience, and that changed uh, eight genes. And uh, the function of these genes are far-ranging, and he's sharing now what kind of genes the students have uh, uh, actually put on or made uh, 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 active. And one of the most important one is neurogenesis. That actually leads to growth of new neurons 
in the brain, actually changing uh, the neural network in the brain. And the other gene is protecting um, the body against uh, various influences like aging, uh, regulating cell repair, building cellular structure is another one, uh, which is especially uh, the cytoskeleton, which is a framework of rigid molecules that give our cells shape and form. And he's also eliminating, eliminating free radicals and decreasing oxidative stress in many major health conditions. And also the students were helping our body to identify cancerous cells. So, but the most significant one is really, as I said before, on page 138, Top, he's saying that again, the neurogenesis, which is particularly significant because most of the time our students were in meditations and they were so present in their inner world, they were so present to their imagination, to the elevated emotion, that the brain actually believed that the event was happening. Very good, Rosemary. Thank you very much. That's very good. We're going to have Trina actually discuss with us the various points that... Uh, Joe has covered here on the lower part of the 138 over into 139. And the Rosary, you, you made that so, so clear. I re, you know, I'm feeling the results and seeing some people flash up on that already. So your explanation of that was very thoroughly done, and we deeply appreciate that. Very skillfully, professionally done, young lady. Very good. Trina, are you there? I am. Can you cover for us on 138 there, the figure 515? Sure can. Um, so figure 515 on page 138 actually describes the genes that were activated, these genes for neurogenesis that create these new neurons. And the first one is CHAC1. This regulates the oxidative balance in the cells helping reduce free radicals that cause oxidative stress, the most universal cause of aging. It also helps neurocells form and grow optimally. The second gene, and I love that he's doing this because it puts so much validity into the work that's being done. Um, CTGF aids in healing wounds, developing bones, and regenerating cartilage and other connective tissue. Decreased expression is linked to cancer and autoimmune diseases like fibromyalgia. The next gene is Tuft1, T-U-F-T1. This aids cell repair and healing, including regulating stem cells, the indifferentiated or blank cells that can turn into whatever kind of tissue the body needs at that particular moment. And it's also involved in the mineralization process of tooth enamel. So um, it helps even strengthen your teeth. The next gene is DIO2. This one is important for healthy placenta tissue and thyroid function. It's involved in the production of the T3 thyroid hormone. And this particular gene also helps regulate metabolism by reducing the insulin resistance, um, thereby reducing the occurrence of metabolic diseases, and possibly um, ameliorating cravings and addiction. And it also helps regulate your mood and especially depression. The fifth gene that was affected, C5, 
66-AS1, this particular gene suppresses tumors, helping to identify and eliminate cancer cells. KRT24 is associated with healthy cell structure, so it also suppresses certain types of cancer cells, including those found in colorectal cancer. ALF2CL suppresses tumors, especially those contributing to squamous cell carcinoma, a type of skin cancer. And the final gene that was affected was RND1. Helps the cells organize the molecules that give them the rigid structure. It also aids neural cell growth and suppresses certain types of cancer cells, such as those found in the throat and breast cancer. So he says these are the specific genes that were regulated in the four days in their advanced workshop in Tampa, Florida in 2017. There were major shifts that occurred that they could actually register with the equipment that they were using showing that these meditations helped actually activate these genes. As we move on to page 139, and this part really got me excited because I'd never known about this before, and, and it, was, um, it was exciting to hear this. He proposes that if the students have changed their gene expression by just using elevated emotion over the course of a couple days, he says, imagine what you can do if you practice this meditation for a few weeks. And so you use this breathing technique you release the familiar emotions that are stored in the body and then emotionally rehearsing new ones every single day, this creates a new state of mind or a new normal for you. Your brain begins to think differently um, equal to those elevated emotions. And then finally, by embracing these, and these elevated ones instead of the old limited thoughts that you had, then you begin to signal new genes and you make new proteins. And that means you actually are assigning more meaning and more energy to what you're actually doing. It leads to greater intention and greater outcome. And this is the cool part. He says it's a scientific fact that we use about 1.5% of our DNA. And the rest of it is called junk DNA. But there's actually this principle in biology that's called endowment that says that, never, that nature, it never wastes anything that it's not going to use. So if you think about this DNA that's called junk, junk DNA that we're not seeing be used yet, nature hasn't gotten rid of it. So it's there and there must be some kind of a reason why it's there. And, the reason, and that nature hasn't actually evolved it away. So there's a universal law that says if you don't use it, you lose it. So he wants us to think about this and take this in, that our genes are actually a library of potential. And there's an infinite combination of gene variations that can be expressed in these genes that we're not even using right now. And so if we activate those, there's genes for unlimited genius mind or longevity, immortality, will, healing, mystical experiences, regenerating ourselves, the hormones of youth, photographic memory, 
doing uncommon. There's all kinds of genes that are in there. They're just laying there waiting for us to activate. And I just thought that was so exciting. So it's really up to just our creativity, our imagination, um, getting the genes ahead of the environment, raising that elevation, um, creating a greater potential by expressing them. And so every time we embrace these higher emotions and these higher states, we're actually waking up these genes, knocking on the door. And so he's asking us to surrender, totally surrender, and fully engage in this process because there's so much potential there. Very, very good. Very, very good, Trina. Thank you so very much. While we were attending a workshop in Seattle, there was a young woman there from Idaho that was working with an MS patient that had had MS for about 17 years. And she was using this technique. She actually had him come stay at her clinic in Idaho. And this, she was actually using this to stimulate what we are calling the junk DNA and actually got total, total ability. This, this man's to body abilities totally returned. And this is after 17 years of being in a wheelchair, totally riddled with MS. And she said it was nothing more that there was nothing from her other than the excitement of knowing what she had learned and having him focus with her and share with her and encouraging him to continue to experience these emotions and, uh, and understand this information. And that as she could actually see in a daily engagement with him the changes that he went through. And in just six to seven months, she had totally got him in a totally different body. So, you, you know, you really want to pay attention to that. And everything that we've shared so far is if any of you are actually suffering under any kind of situation and illness, you really want to master these few pages. Do this for yourself, okay? Understand this and understand how you can now become the one that coordinates this and makes this happen for you. This is real. And it's definitely what is the only thing that's real. It won't help you with the drugs. It won't help you with the herbs. It's energy, okay? And once you learn that, new and wonderful things start becoming the reality that you have. Okay, Marianne Love in Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> Are you with us? I am. Very excited to be here. Yes, I can do 140. So he's giving us here the sort of step-by-step -step instructions on how to actually do the breath meditation. Um, and to later put it all together um, into a full meditation. So uh, it's good to break it down into its individual steps so that we can understand and build on it. So I'm happy to talk us all through it if everyone would like to give it a go right now um, to build this skill up. And so in order to begin, what, just to give you an outline, we're going to be going through and squeezing the different muscles of the body and then learning how to pull the breath up and put the att attention on the top of the head. And so in order to begin, we're going to start with the perineum, which is in the pelvic floor. It's that muscle that you use when you go to the toilet or during intercourse. So... So start now by just getting a little bit comfortable in your chair or wherever you're sitting and you can choose, you can lie down if you would like to and just place your hands uncrossed on your lap and if you would like to, close your eyes and now just squeeze that muscle, squeeze the perineum and just breathe normally but just squeeze that muscle and just hold it now for about five seconds, I can count. So just squeeze... 
two, three, four, five, and just let go and now fully relax that muscle. And let's do that again. Just squeeze the perineum now, tight as you can, really tight. Three, four, five, and just let go. Just fully relax that muscle now. And squeeze again. Very tight. And relax. That's good. So now we're going to include the lower abdomen. So this time, pull up the lower abdomen muscles to squeeze the perineum and the lower abdomen this time. So now do that. So just breathe normally, pulling up the perineum and squeezing the lower abdomen muscles as tight as you can. Pull them in and breathe out and just relax those two areas again. Now Squeeze the perineum and the lower abdomen. That's good. And breathe out, just letting go of those two muscles. Let's do that one more time. So the perineum and the lower abdomen, squeeze them. Just hold. And remember to keep breathing and just let go now. So this time we'll squeeze the perineum, the lower abdomen and the upper abdomen all at once. So now just breathing in, squeezing the lower abdomen, perineum, upper abdomen all together, all those three centers and just hold. And relax and let go. And just good. Breathe in. Squeezing the perineum, lower abdomen, upper abdomen all together. Hold. Breathing out and letting go. And we'll do that one more time. Breathing in. Squeezing the perineum. Lower abdomen, upper abdomen together and hold and breathing out and letting go. And so now we're going to learn the pulling up the energy part of this meditation before we put it all together. So now I want you to take your finger and place it at the top of your head sort of the center of your scalp, right at the top. And just get your fingernail and just um, right at the top there. So just feel that up there. And now this time don't contract any muscles. We're just learning about the breath now. And just take a slow, steady breath through your nose. And I want you to follow your breath all the way from your perineum, perineum, your lower abdomen, your upper abdomen, through your chest, your throat, through your brain and all the way to the top of your head. 
where your finger is. So you can now, after you've found that spot on your head, now I want you to, you can relax again and put your hand down and just breathe in. And as you breathe in, follow your breath all the way now from the perineum, lower abdomen, upper abdomen, chest, throat, through your brain, and all the way to the top of your head where your finger was and just hold your breath, keeping your attention right at the top of your head there. Let your energy follow that awareness and hold. Good, and just breathing out now and relaxing. Now take your finger again and put it on the top of your head so you feel that spot and then take it away and just rest your hands. Let's do that again. So without contracting any muscles again, just breathe in through your nose and pull the energy up that tube like drawing fluid up a straw all the way to the top of your head through the perineum, abdomen, chest, throat, brain. Just pull the energy up. And when you get to the top, hold your breath. Focusing there on the top of your head. Allowing your energy to follow your awareness. And just hold. And relax and let go. But this time we'll put it all together. So on the next breath, I'll just explain for a second. You're going to be inhaling through your nose and contracting those muscles, the three centers that we practiced before, perineum, lower abdomen, upper abdomen. You're going to be squeezing those muscles and with the intention of pulling the stored energy out of the lower body area to the brain, follow your breath through these centers, squeezing those muscles all the way up to the top of your head. So when you're ready, we'll do that. So just close your eyes and relax. So I want you to inhale through your nose, pull those muscles up at the exact same time. So locking the perineum, lower abdomen, upper abdomen, squeezing those muscles. And now follow your breath all the way up from the from the perineum, all the way up, pulling that energy through the chest, all the way up the brain, focusing on the top of the head. Keep those core muscles squeezed in and hold at the top of your head. Hold your focus. Keep holding. And just let go and relax. Let's do that a couple more times. So close your eyes. Breathing in through your nose. Squeeze the perineum, lower abdomen, upper abdomen. And pull that energy up from those lower centers all the way up through the chest brain. Hold your focus at the top of the head. 
and hold, keeping those muscles squeezed in. And breathing out and just relax, fully exhale. And so we'll just do it one more time. Just noticing pulling that energy out of these lower energy centers all the way up to the top of the head. So breathing in through the nose, squeezing those lower three area muscles, pulling that fluid up the spine all the way to the top of the head. And hold your focus at the top of the head. Keep those muscles squeezed in. And hold. And breathing out and just relax. So mm. that takes us now over. I hope everyone's enjoyed that. Yes, that takes we, us I over really appreciate, I appreciate that you've taken them through the exercises, but we're going to have to move on now, please. Sure. And we're on 142, okay, and in the last paragraph of 142, it actually there is a tape that you can purchase that actually gives you the content and the uh, music that he's suggesting you use with this particular exercise that Marianne has taken. Marianne is a psychologist in Melbourne, uh, Australia, and uses these particular techniques and stuff with many of her clients. So she's very skilled at using the breath and the particular uh, processes here. So if you can order, get, you know, look that, and it says that you can actually order it, I think, online, and you can download it instantly. You might want to go get that. And remember that the point that's being made here, okay, is that Joe says now it's time to cultivate several elevated emotions one by one, emotionally rehearsing each. So remember that it isn't something you just do once. It's something that you do a repetitive practice with that actually gives you the greater, more powerful results, okay? All right, we're going to move to Steve Jones taking us through 143. Steve, are you ready? Yes, and uh, 143 is Chapter 6, the case studies, um, living examples of truth, and he talks about how the, the example that he gives uh, gives us uh, a way to reinforce our beliefs because when we see someone achieving these things, it becomes more real to us that we can achieve them. So once we start relating to these stories, it, it actually gives us a base for our, our beliefs. And he talks about the, the steps that the people in these stories had to go through, that first they had to understand the concepts as like knowledge, and then they had to apply it in their bodies, and then they turned it into wisdom. And uh, the, the one common thing was that they all had to master some aspect of, of limitation uh, in themselves so that they could uh, create what they needed. Okay, that's clear and good. Uh, what, what he's actually asking us to do here is, you know, I, I would really, really like to see each of you keeping a notebook on your progress and what you're learning and how you're getting very effective with it so that you are actually become one of your own case studies because then you can actually measure where you come from and how far you get. Sometimes if you don't do the progress reports and actually share by journaling what your experiences are, 
you really don't know just how very, very far you have accomplished. So thank you very much, Steve. Now we're going to move over and let Geraldine actually uh, pick up on 144, where it says Jenny heals her chronic back and leg pain. Can you give us uh, some of the response on that, Geraldine? Certainly. So the first page, 144, is really going through um, what Jenny actually experienced. So we'll just go through that quite rapidly and then go, do a good focus on the next page. Um, she, she was driving. She had a crash. Um, the result was difficulty walking. So it started uh, you know, sort of slowly and then escalated to being a lot of pain, escalating further that she wasn't able to care for her children, do enough work. And that then started to create depression. So now we're seeing emotion come in, the, the heavier emotions that um, are quite the opposite from the ones that Joe's telling us to cultivate in our breath. So that's what was happening, the depression and angry. So they're the key words on that page. It does say that she was doing meditation before the accident, but after she stopped doing it because there was pain when she meditated, pain when she sat. Um, it says that you know, she really was going emotionally down. The doctor said, you know, have pain tablets. They didn't work. The doctor said, have an operation. She did one. It didn't work. And then her husband said, no, go on, go to another seminar. Come on. He encouraged her and she decided to. So... On page 145, it continues to share that there's this sad and frustrated feeling and she didn't know if she's in the right place. And as Joe said, the sharing of these stories are to allow us to, to go, okay, yeah, I've been there, but what can happen even if you've been there? Um, it was her friend that said, you'll be healed tomorrow. And then it goes on to share in the first meditation, she felt pain and thought maybe I shouldn't be there. But the second meditation, and this is where it really gets extra interesting and Joe um, directed them to think of three negative emotions or limited aspects of their personality and then work with those so Ginny first worked with anger and it says she felt that she did that breathing breathing that we've just done and felt a movement of the energy up through her body into her brain so that continued for a while which was obviously a good feeling um, and she said much of the energy related to her pain from her body went to the brain and then she did the same thing with pain so she did it with anger and she did it with pain the same it became much less as she sensed the energy moving up through out of the physical body into the brain the pain became less intense there's a point that he shares one she became completely relaxed two as in the meditation where they're directed um, there's the direction to feel the space around different parts of the body. So that's the next key part of it. Then to contact the infinite black space, the quantum field. So Ginny was doing all that she was directed. And then the next part to become nobody, no one, in nowhere and no time to move to that pure awareness. And it shares that at that moment, Ginny had a distinct sense that she was floating and had an intense sense of peace and unconditional love. She lost track of time and space. She did not feel her physical body at all, nor did she feel any pain. Yet she was fully present and could hear and follow all of the instructions that were being given. So we have some key things there. The, the whole range of emotions that one may have, the process of bringing it from the body to the brain, 
feeling the space the body is in, contacting the infinite black space, the quantum, becoming nobody, no time, becoming that pure awareness. And essentially, that's where she got to. And from that, she was able, as her friend predicted, you'll be healed tomorrow. And she was. The pain was gone. Very, very good. There's a couple of case histories that he's given here. And Trina, I'd like you to cover the one on 147, but be aware that we're very close to our hours closing. So can you take about two, three minutes to summarize what we have on 147? Sure, absolutely. Um, this one also hit home. This is Daniel deals with electromagnetic hypersensitivity. And it hit home with me because I actually know somebody who has this condition and, and it's really debilitating for them. But anyway, um, Daniel was kind of this workaholic, um, always stressed out, pushing himself full power all the time. 60 hours a week was pretty normal. And one day when he was very upset, yelling at a client, he felt something pop in the right side of his, his head. And when that happened, he passed out. When he came to, he had a headache. And he thought that it might go away if he just rested for a while, but it really didn't. What he started to notice was when he was around anything that had electromagnetic frequencies. Now, just imagine how many there are around you, like cell phones and laptops and computers and TV screens and cameras. Everything that had an electromagnetic frequency, he started reacting to it. And so he'd never had this before, and so it was very strange, but it got worse and it got worse. He kept seeing doctors. Nobody knew how to treat it. Nobody knew exactly what was going on. They ran all kinds of tests on him, and some of them even thought he was making it up, but they don't. It's true. They're being affected by it. And so um, they actually gave it a name. It's a rare condition called electromagnetic hypersensitivity, EHS. And the World Health Organization does recognize this as a condition. So if you think about it, because we're 78% um, water, we've got minerals in our body, we can feel these electromagnetic currents. But for him, it became super sensitive, and it was giving him headaches. So we're moving on to 148 and then to 149. He was in constant agony. He kind of retreated from life. He couldn't work. He um, lost, he went into debt, lost everything, declared bankruptcy, basically just couldn't function at all. He started to feel suicidal, didn't know what to do, and um, his friends and family really pushed him to do something. So three years after this started, he read the book by Dr. Joe, You Are the Placebo, and he said something just happened to him. It just like clicked that there was a solution. He knew there was a solution started doing the changing beliefs and perceptions meditation. And then he discovered the blessing of the energy centers meditation and started doing that. In that particular meditation, he said the first time he did it, something happened. It was like a light went off in his head. He saw the different parts of his brain like waking up, communicating with each other where they hadn't been doing that before. And this loving light shot out of the top of his head. And at that, more, that, that moment, it was so much more real than any of his past experiences. It actually started to heal him. He noticed a change. These changes kept getting longer and longer where he would have periods where he really felt well. 
And eventually what he did, he started doing the meditations near things that had the electromagnetic frequencies. And now he actually considers himself 100% healed, back to work, only working um, half of the time that he was before. And he's making a lot more money and truly enjoying his life. So it's a really, it's a great success story using these meditations. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's so encouraging to hear, you know, I mean, there are people who are probably listening to this that would have very serious situations like this. But I realize also for those of us who sit around with some of our little bitty things going wrong here and there or having a headache or something, there, you know, this is such a fast route to getting in control of all of those little peeves that we have with our body, we're tired, we're fatigued, this isn't working, that isn't working, and realizing who's creating it and what the answers are for it. So these case examples he's given us are really, really rewarding. Next week we'll actually be covering 149 to 162. So you want to mark that down and read ahead and get that into the works. It's 149 to 162. And what I want to spend some time with and let Mary give you a little bit more information here is that there is a program that Joe and uh, Greg Braden and Dr. Bruce Lipton is actually doing in Mexico City that they're doing live streaming with. And Mary, do you have any information you can give? That's on the, that's actually this weekend, the 28th and 29th, right? Yes, it's this weekend. And what's really super is that they are live streaming the entire weekend program. And... All the information, if you go to our website, thequantumleapbookclub.com, in the middle of the home page, you'll see um, an image that um, has the name of the program, and it has Dr. Joe, and if you click on that, you go to the blog post, and in the highlighted bright blue, it says click here. And if you click there, you can actually go to Dr. Joe's website, see all the information that it is only $50 for the two days. And then at the very bottom of that page to the right, there's a little register here button, and you just simply register. All you need is your, your name and your email address. And they even make it really, really, really easy for you to share with all your friends because this is a really awesome, really awesome opportunity. And what they say they're doing is that they're presenting up-to-the-minute research ranging from human evolution and epigenetics to the new field of neurocardiology. And what they expect to happen is that the revelations that change the way we think about the human body, our limits, and most importantly, our potential, become revealed to you. Thank, Thank you, you very much, much Mary. So, so you may want to go to, to the, our website and check in on that, please. And also to know that to have the experience of these three guys over the next weekend, this is a phenomenal opportunity, okay? And for $50, you cannot possibly think of anything more valuable. Even, even one hour with any one of these people would be worth more than $50. To have all three of them actually working with you over the weekend at your convenience, at your comfort, and right where you're at, this is wonderful. So we hope to see a lot of you coming on and actually tapping into this and getting on board. We'd like to see everyone take advantage of this and uh, see, see that you're an actual major player in what's happening in our world today and that who you are matters, what you do counts, and that you 
are definitely divine in order. We thank you very much for joining us on our, our book club here, and we will see you next week. You have a fantastic week, and come forth on any of our social media and share with us your thoughts, your questions, and your, your experiences. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to Quantum Leap Book Club. For more information where you can contact us, go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash quantum hyphen leap. Have a great week.